his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God came, left everything, left his throne, and came to die for you and I. For you and I to continue to share the gospel. For you and I to show that he alone deserves it all. He alone is God, and only him that when we serve, we can go to heaven, that we'll go to heaven. So we are asking Lord Jesus, our, our Lord and personal Jesus, that Lord, let us go into the world. Direct us, oh Lord, let your love burn in us, that we will not see our friend perishing and say that we, it's, not by, it's, not, it's not our concern, it's not by our anything, but we will say that we are doing it because you did it for us. Uh. We will say that it's because you first loved us. Uh. We didn't love you first, but you first loved us. Uh. So we are asking Lord Jesus, our God, uh, that he should lead us, he should direct our path. Uh. We will go out, uh. we will go out, we will not be afraid of what people are saying. We we will die to our desire. We will die to our desire and go all out for him. Just for the love that he showed on Calvary. We will leave our desire. We will leave our comfort zone and go all out for him. We will yield to him, only him, only him that we will yield to his word. We will yield to him for him to direct us. Let the love that you brought that made you 
to live, to bring your son to die for us, we sinners, to die for us and make us one with you. Let that same love, let that same love push us to go all out for you, to go all out for you, to win souls, to make your will be done on earth. Let up your voice and say, Lord, let that love of you burn in me that I may go out to serve you. I may go out to do all your will. Welcome somebody to church this morning. Move from your seat. Shake their hand. Tell them they are looking wonderful. You are looking beautiful. Handsome this morning. It's great to see you in church. It's great to see you in church. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There is Misha in the house. There is Misha in the house. Hallelujah. to today's service. Amen. Amen. This is ICGC Calvary Temple Teen Chapel. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the service today. Let's take the following announcements. In this place, our vision is to become world changers, nation builders, and inventors through training in godly principles. And our mission is building, grooming, proactive, spirit-filled, disciplined-minded youth who are daring who are ready to take up responsibility and daring to make changes in their generation. A youth that is current, 
and relevant. Amen. If today is the very first time you are having fellowship with us, the very first time you are here, we want to see you. We, we consider you a very special guest. I would like to acknowledge you as such. So if you are here, kindly give me a wave. If this is the very first time. Those in the... Oh. Kindly rise to your feet. Alright, so this song has been specially composed for you. So do enjoy. Welcome to, uh, to Teen Chapel. We'd like to know your name, if you don't mind. I'm Bismarck from Insaum. Bismarck from Insaum. Bismarck, did you come here by yourself or somebody invited you? Somebody invited me. Yeah. Who invited you? Quissy. Where is Quissy? Oh, Bismarck, you can have your seat. You can have your seat. Quissy, give us a way. We want to see you. Give us a wave, give us a wave. Hallelujah. Amen. Operation ICTT. In the first service, you said they will come in the second service. Operation ITCC, right? We asked them in the, we asked them in the first service, they said they will come in the second service. And we have only one person. I, I want us to give a sound, there's uh, another person here. Oh. Please tell us your name and who invited you. My name is Shine. I was invited here. Aaron. Her name is Shine. She was invited by Aaron. Hallelujah. I want us to do something. I want us all to rise to our feet humbly. And let us give a resounding clap to Kwesi and Aaron for inviting their friends to come to church today. Oh, you can do better. You can do better. You can do better. Operation ITCC is in full force. Hallelujah. Amen. Kindly take your seats. Kindly take your seats. Aaron and Kwesi, well done for bringing somebody to church. I hope that we'll all learn from their example. Amen. Let's, let's continue with our announcement. Our departmental meetings take place on Mondays, we have uh, our prayer meetings from 4 to 6 p.m. 
on Tuesdays, we have evangelism from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then dramatic arts meet from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. every Friday. And then on Saturday, all departments meet from between 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. And then all church workers, everybody who is in the department is a church worker. So church workers meet from 5 to 5.45. And then facilitators meet from 6 to 6.30 p.m. to pray. The end of the announcement. Amen. 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 I want us to open our Bibles quickly to Romans chapter 10, verse 14. If you can. Romans 10, verse 14. As we prepare ourselves to take our offering, I want us to read this scripture and remind ourselves of a couple of things. Romans 10, 14. Are we there? And it reads, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. I want you to think on these things as you prepare yourself to bring your offering. I want you to pray a prayer over your offering. That Lord, the Lord is saying, how can people believe unless they hear? And how can they hear unless somebody preaches? And how can somebody preach unless that person is sent? The Lord is calling on all of us today to become preachers, to be the ones that will respond to this call. And so even as you are bringing your offering, I want you to pray a prayer over it. That Lord, as I give my offering to you, make me into that person that will answer this call. And respond, O oh God, to your word in the name of Jesus. Let me be the one that will go out and preach and bring somebody into the kingdom. Amen. Shall we invite the choir to come and minister to us a song as we take our offering? Oh, do you can do better than you are doing now. Clap your hands as they come up. Don't stop till they come up.
Shall we close our eyes as we pray over the offering? Father, we thank you for the many blessings with which you blessed us. We are grateful, O oh Lord, for the substance that you've given to us. Out of this, we come, O oh God, to offer our sacrifice to you. We ask that, O oh Lord, may it be acceptable in your eyes, sanctify and purify it, and cause it to prosper in the thing for which it shall be used. And we pray, O oh Lord God, those who are unable to give, we pray that you will bless them and cause them to give the next time they have the opportunity. And for those who are able to give, I pray that you will bless, that they will continually be able to give unto your name and unto your work. In the name of Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Who is ready for the word of God this morning? Amen. Without much ado, I would like to call upon our very own Papa, Uncle Biju, to come and give us the word of God this morning. Come on, give your hand a clap offering unto the Lord and on, onto a servant. Amen. Oh, don't stop till he comes. Keep clapping, keep clapping, keep clapping.
of you are looking at me. And some of you don't know what is going on. Well, I want to tell you what is going on. Thinking about this song. I don't worry what the future has in store for me. No, no. It takes me back many years. I remember how, as a young man, I was confused. I was afraid about so many things. I feared the spiritual realm. I didn't even know why. I was on this earth. But then God caught my attention. And slowly, over a very long period of time, He showed me what life is all about. He showed me the beginning of life and the end of life. He made me understand that I was alive for a purpose. I was alive for a reason. I was not alive for myself. But my life was supposed to be lived to bless other people. It took some time for these lessons to sink in. But when the lessons sank in, and I began to live the life that he had called me to live, I began to experience what he himself talked about, the abandoned life. And the, the good thing about this life is actually the life is the big again. But you see, He made me understand and he keeps telling all of us that I would be the most wicked person on this earth if he can transform my life and I can begin to enjoy the new life that he has given me and I just enjoy it for myself and I don't think about other people. That is gross wickedness. And that is the reason why we have embarked on this project. ITCC. Increasing the capacity of the church. You cannot sit on the fence. If you choose to sit on the fence, may I pray a prayer for you? You will not like the prayer, so don't allow me to pray that prayer. But I will tell you the prayer I would pray for you if you keep sitting on the fence. God, can you please let her die and take her away? Don't say amen. Because I don't want to pray that prayer for you. But the reality, the truth, is that sometimes 
it is better for you to die and to go than to live and enjoy all the good things that God has blessed you with and end up finally dying at a good old age not ready for eternity and find yourself in hell for all eternity for no opportunity to change is that the life you want? I don't think so. That is why you must join us in this campaign of soul winning. It, the thing must consume you. It must eat you up. When you go to sleep, think about people who are not enjoying the life that you are enjoying. There's work for us to do. That is the reason why we are still alive. How can you sit in the classroom with your friends and you call them your friends? Some of them, you call them your best friends. You eat together. You adjust together. You play together. You party together. But the thing that you claim is of the greatest value to you, the love of God. You cannot open your mouth and tell your friends, about this new life in Jesus. Your own mother who pays your fees, who gives you food to eat, who clothes you, is not born again. And you know, she doesn't go to church. Maybe this Sunday morning, I don't know where she is. And you know, and you're happy singing in church that you have a new life. You are living a good life and you are celebrating. That is wickedness. You must learn to live for other people. Jesus Christ. Look, you see, sometimes when you talk about Jesus Christ, you forget whom we are really talking about. The day you, we shall meet Jesus, eh? or the way he opens your, the day he opens your eyes to give you a small revelation of who he really is, then you understand. I remember many years ago in Teen Chapel, you know, sometimes because you always see me like this, so you think that this is how I always am. I fool with you, I joke with you. Even those of you who are shy, I try to make fun, I, I try to draw you close. Some of you run away, but still we try to, we try to be parties, and you think that we are parties. Many years ago in Teen Chapel, there was one lady I was mentoring, and she decided to visit me at work. And when she came, and she went through the protocol until she finally met me. She said, hey, Uncle Bijou, is this how it is like here? Yes, I'm not, I wasn't an ordinary person. But in church, she was, she was seeing me as Uncle Bijou, Uncle Bijou. So you thought she could just come to my company and say, Uncle, I want to see Uncle Bijou, and you just walk. No. There are protocols. In the spiritual realm is the same. If you want to understand who Jesus is, I don't want to preach to the but if you really want to understand who Jesus is, go and read Revelation chapter 1 and 2 and you will understand who Jesus is. God Almighty himself. If Jesus decides to appear for one second here in his full glory, in his full majesty, none of us can stand. 
We also we love Jesus. We, we love him. I want to see Jesus. I want to go to heaven. But let him appear in his full glory. All of us shall vanish from this place. Go and ask the Israelites. Moses was one of them. He was always interacting with them. They, they thought that ah, Moses gradually is becoming too known. You want to also see this God. We too, after all, all of us have been called. And God said, okay, let them prepare themselves. When God began to show glimpses of his glory and his power, the people begged and said, Moses, it's okay. You go and see. We shall stay here. Jesus is God Almighty. The Bible says he left his glory and took on the form of a human being. He came to this earth to live on this earth as a human being, to go through the pain of living under the pressures of sin. Why did he have to do that? He did it for you and I and for all the people in the world. And after he died, he rose again. He gave us a simple command. Go and tell everybody, let everybody know that I died for them. And you will not go. You must learn to live for other people. I was telling in the first service. When we were young, growing up, there was a song that we used to sing. And we used to love it because those says we understand life. We didn't know Jesus Christ. There was a songwriter who wrote this song. He said, what am I living for? If not for you. It was a guy who was singing to his, his so-called girlfriend. What am I living for? If not for you. What am I living for? If not for you. What am I living for? If not for you, baby, nobody else, nobody else but you. And this morning, Jesus is asking us, who are you living for? And I want to challenge every one of us. Who are you living for? Maybe like the lighthouse people, we should change the words of the song. Instead of baby, you sing, Jesus, we live for you. Will you live for other people? Will you live your life that others will be blessed? Will you live your life that people will be drawn to the cross of Calvary? Will you tell everybody that Jesus saves? No matter what it costs you. There's a video we showed in this church some time back, and I want us to watch this video again uh, this morning. Now, as we watch the video, I want you to think through the video. Titanic sank. The year is, uh, was 1914. There's another ship that sank. It's called the Empress of Iron. It was uh, going from Canada to London. And it had about 1,400 passengers. Over a thousand uh, people drowned and died. 
而在这个当中呢，有好几百人都淹死了。啊，they now on board this ship, uh, there were business people, there were rich people, celebs. But there was also 170 Salvation Army youth leaders. And they were on the way to a Salvation Army conference in London. And so they, it was in the middle of the night, as it sang. Their cabins so happened to be next to where all the uh, life jackets were stored. So they grabbed a life jacket each and they jumped into the water. They were very lucky. There was only 400 plus survivors. So when all the survivors were rescued, they were looking for these 170 youth leaders. But they couldn't find a single one of them. Everyone died. They were very puzzled. They started an investigation. What happened to these 170 youth leaders? So they had a survivors meeting. And they started sharing their stories. And the stories came out were all the same. Some were witnesses. Some had personal experience. They all said the same thing. Young person. A young man, a young lady, swam up to me, took off his life jacket, and gave it to me, and laid down their lives. And then, after they all had no more life jacket, you know what they did? They, they knew they didn't have much time. The water was too cold. But they swam around asking people, Are you a Christian? And leading people to Christ. Praying for people. Hallelujah. Until eventually, every one of them died. There was a a man, a survivor. He told this story. Now he was this big, macho, strong, tattooed guy. He said he was in the water. A young girl, 17, 19 years old, swam up to him, took off her life jacket, and gave it to him. He took it, he put it on. But after a while, 
可是，一段时间之后。I'm this man. How can I take the life jacket from a young girl? 他说我是个大男人，怎么能拿小女孩的救生衣呢 ？So he swam back after the girl. 他就游回到这女孩身边 ，and gave the girl back the life jacket. 把这个救生衣还给她。The life, the the girl asked him, "Are you a Christian?" 这女孩就问他，你是基督徒吗 ？Says, "No, I'm not a Christian." 他说我不是基督徒。Says, "Do you want to be a Christian?" 你要不要信做基督徒 ？No, I'm not ready to be a Christian. 没有，我没有预备好做基督徒啊。And he said the girl got upset with him. 他说女孩生他的气呀。Took the life jacket. 拿着这救生衣。Threw it back at him. 丢回到他面前。And said to him. 跟他说。He said, I will die better than you. 我死比你死要好。When I die, I go to heaven. 我死了之后能上天堂。If you die, you will not go to heaven. 你死却没有天堂的盼望。So you gotta live. 你必须要活下去。This man. 这个男人。With tears in his eyes, 眼中带着泪。He said that night. 他说那个晚上。I was saved twice. 我被救了两次。Once from the water. 一次从水中救起。And one more time for my sin. 一次从罪中救起。He gave his life to Jesus. 他将生命交给耶稣。When I heard these stories. 我听到这些故事的时候 ，I couldn't help but wonder, will there be a generation like this in our time? 我忍不住要想，在我们的时代能看见这样的时代吗 ？Because I always hear parents complaining that, oh, this young generation, they're also selfish. 因为我每次听到父母亲抱怨，就是年轻一代的人太自私了。But why aren't there a generation like these young people? 为什么没有看见一个时代像这些年轻人一样呢 ？So I begin to dig. Deeper, like like investigate more. 我就更深的去挖，想做更深的调查。They were Salvation Army youth leaders. 他们都是救世军的青年领袖。Now, Salvation Army was founded by this man called William Booth. 救世军是卜威廉这个人创办的。Now, in those days, Salvation Army they were powerful. 在当年，救世军是非常大能的。Now they they were really the army for salvation. 他们真的是让人得救恩的军队。Now, by this time in 1912, 1914, William Booth was very, very old. 等到一九一二、一九一四年的时候，卜威廉自己已经年纪非常老了。And every year he would write a letter to all his soldiers and in all the countries. 每一年，卜威廉会写信发给世界各地他救世军的军官们。As he got older, 他年纪越大 ，the letters got shorter and shorter. 他写的信内容就越来越短。Just before he died. The last letter he sent out. 他发出的最后一封信 Only had one word. 只有一个词 And that word is others. 那个词就是他人 Others. 他人 Live for others. 为他人而活 Young people, live for others. 年轻人为他人而活 Don't live for yourself. Live for others. 别为自己活，为他人而活 It's Christ who lives in me. 现在是基督在我里面活着 He said to all the young people. 所有的年轻人 Live for God. 因为上帝活 Live for others. 为他人活 And today, now. 今天 A hundred years later. 
一百年之后 ，Will there be a new young generation? 有没有全新的一个世代 ？Who will lay down their lives, lay down their dreams? 愿意舍下自己生命跟梦想 ，and live for others， 为他人而活 ？I believe yes. 我相信会有。I have seen it in Singapore. 我在新加坡看见了。And I know in Taiwan there will be. 我知道台湾也有。A new generation living for others. 新的时代为他人而活。In this nation. 在这个国家里。Your church, in your city, in your city, in your city, wherever you are, God is calling for a new generation. They are rising up. They will be idealistic. They will make a difference. They will change the world. They will make history. Amen. Amen. Last week, um, at the end of the service, um, I I was I gave one reason why we should go out and win souls. How many of you remember the reason I gave? No one. Lois, don't look away. No one. What did I say? This was the last words of Jesus. That just like when your mom is leaving home, and she tells you, "Wash the plates before I come." When she comes, the first assignment she asks you, the first thing she asks is, "Did you wash the plates?" Same way, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, before he left, he said that what? Go ye. So when he comes, he doesn't care about your degree. When he comes, it's not whether you are dressed nice or not. When he comes, when you went out, did you bring souls in? I want us to turn our Bibles. Today we are going to look at why we why we should think about others, why we should do these things. Luke chapter sixteen, verse nineteen. It's a very interesting scripture. See, most of Whenever Jesus told a parable, he was quick to let us know it was a parable, and he explained because the parable was supposed to bring an understanding to a kingdom truth. But for this Jesus, the Son of God, was giving us an insight into a happening in the spirit. And he says, "There was a certain rich man, clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fed sumptuously every day. He lived a good life. And there was a certain beggar." Named Lazarus, who was laid at his gate, full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died, and was buried. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, "Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame." 
25. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great goal fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass from us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, Father, that thou wilt send to him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. It's a very interesting story. Says there was a rich man. He had everything in this life. He had nice clothes. The Bible says he was clothed in purple. He, he used to dress nice, dress in designer clothing. He used to eat well. And there was a poor man named Lazarus who used to beg for even the crumbs at his table. But the Bible says that the two of them died. One thing that everybody has in common, young, old, rich, poor, war died. But the Bible says when Lazarus died, angels carried him into Abraham's bosom. But when the rich man died, he went to hell. And he said, I am being tormented. You see, the difference between torture and torture is to the outside. Torment is in your soul. There there is a a pain where you can't describe where it is coming from. It is there. He says, I am being tormented. Let him take, dip his finger. If you are thirsty and you need water, you don't ask for a drop. But this guy would be satisfied by a drop. It tells you the intensity of the pain and the torment. Then Father Abraham broke to him the sad news. Nothing can move in between us. There is no second chance in this matter. Then immediately, this is a man in hell. Immediately, his concern was for his brethren. Immediately, his concern became for his brothers. So, Father Abraham, you please send somebody from this place. Although, he said, I know. The guy knew his brother. He says, if somebody does not go from this place, they will all come here. Some of you, you know your friends. You know those that are going to hell. You are unbodied. This is a man in hell, budget. That people will come and join him. Then Father Abraham gave him an answer. He says, they have Moses and their prophet. Let them hear them. What he's saying is that they have you. They have myself. Your friends that are going to hell, they have you. But the question, the, the problem is we are silent. We have seen people going to hell. We see them every day in the trotter in our classrooms. You live in the house with your father. He says that he doesn't believe in God. He's an atheist. He doesn't care. I'm sorry to announce to you, in that state, he's going to hell. 
One of these days, if I have the time, we will talk about the roll call, the roll call of hell, the people that are in hell. The Bible says in Luke, uh, Psalm, chapter, Psalm 9, verse 7, it says, And the wicked shall he turn to hell, and the nation that forget God. You, some of you are saying that, eh, my friends, they are good. They are not doing anything bad. But, but they don't know Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. They are going to hell. Some of you, if, if today your friend gets a port to exams and they don't give you the port and you go write the exams and you fail, you say that he's a very wicked friend. He doesn't care about you. And you, when you got the, the answers, you kept it to yourself. Don't talk to me again. Some of you, that is how it is, it is, it is in your life. You have heard about the good news of salvation. You have heard the love of Jesus, how Jesus Christ came to die and save us from sin. But this is what we have done. We don't care. We are thinking about ourselves. We are coming to church, coming to pray. God, give us a new car. Father, bless my mother so that she can send me to an international school. I want to go to a university outside. I want to do... That is not what matters. Are you thinking about others? You saw the video you watched. Young people, 17-year-old girl. She's, look at what she told them. She says, I will die a better death than you. Some of you, if you don't go and reach out to your friends, they'll die miserable death. And the, the, the painful part is that the second one cries harder. Well, that is when you see people begging for drops of water. Drop, drop. We, are, we have become selfish, thinking about ourselves. Let's repent. Let's think about others. In Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says, if there be any consolation in Christ, to console means something that keeps you from mourning. He says, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there is any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if you say, you, you say, you come to church to fellowship, you have the Holy Spirit. He says, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, if there be any bowels of mercies, says, fulfill ye my joy. That you would have this mind in you. He says, let no man think of his own interest. The verse 2 says, let no man think of his own interest. Says, let nothing be done in vain glory and in strife. And let no man think of his own interest. But let every man think about the interest of others. When was the last time you thought about the salvation of your friend? When was the last time you went on your knees in prayer and your prayer was for your grandfather, your uncle, your auntie, your mother, your father who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ? When was the last time you went on your knees in prayer and all that consumed you was that your friend would be saved? It says, let no man look at his own things, but let each and every one of us look out for the interest of others. And he says, let this mind be in you as it was in Christ Jesus. It means that this is how Jesus taught. This is how Jesus taught. He was always thinking about others. Jesus, he had everything. He was God. He is God, seated on the throne. He left his throne. The Bible says that though he was equal with God, he taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but he humbled himself, took upon the form of a servant. The highest form of disgrace is that Jesus came down like us. He's God. Some of you, you have house helps in the house. When mommy tells you that, oh, the work is plenty, go and help the person, then you frown your face because you feel like the work is beneath you. That is what Jesus did. He humbled himself, took upon this form, and he died a death on the cross. 
that was beaten, bruised. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They blindfolded Jesus, stripped him naked, and they'll slap him. Prophet, prophesy, who slapped you? That is what they did to our Jesus. But he endured it. The Bible says, whom for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He did it because he was thinking of you and I. And the Bible is telling us, let this mind which was in Christ Jesus be in you. Let it be in you. This is how he wants us to think. That we walk thinking about others. We are concerned about the salvation of others. Let us not look on as a church and not care. You should care. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whosoever had this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? How many of us love God? How many of us love God? Okay, put your hand down. Bible says that as hereby perceive we the love of God, just as Christ laid down his life for us, we also need to lay down our life for our brethren. And he says, whosoever had this world's good and seeth his brother in need and shut up his bowels of compassion, how dare you say the love of God is in you? Says it says, what the scripture is saying is that if you are there and you see that your brother has need, some of you, you are in classrooms, with your, your friends. The person has only one shirt, one shoe. The shoe has arced at an angle because he has been wearing it for so long. You have seen that the person had need. You have what it takes to meet the person's need. But you are like, God bless you. Sister, it is well with you. The person is hungry. You have, there's extra money in your pocket. You have lifted up your hand and you say, the Lord be with you. May the Lord provide you. He says, the love of God is not in you. And the more serious thing is that we have received Christ. We have received that which is precious. The most expensive thing on the face of the earth is a soul. The Bible says, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? It says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? If he puts them on balance, God compares the soul to all the riches. Of this world. He says, and even that one, if you gain everything and you lose your soul, you've lost. The net, the net gain is a loss. And we have received Christ. He that is able to save our souls. And you see your brothers in need. You see your classmates in need. You are saying that he's a bad girl. No, he's just in need. He needs salvation. You are saying that it's, this is a bad boy. He's chasing all the girls. He's in need of salvation. You have the truth. You have crossed up. You have shut up your bowels of mercies. How dare you say you love God? How dare you say the love of God is in you? You're a wicked person. Because you have seen people on their way to hell. And you have sat down. You have crossed your legs and you are watching them. Then you are quoting scripture. What fellowship has light got to do with darkness? We should... 
We should not mix with them. No. When Jesus came, the Bible tells us in Luke, the Bible says he was eating with sinners. He was, he was going to them to pull them. We are not telling you to go and reach out to your enemies. We say go and speak to your, you say your friends, the one that you, you have been eating with, the one that sits by you break time and is always discussing football with you, the one that you have been playing the video games with, that doesn't go to church. He doesn't know anything about Jesus. If you ask him John 3.16, he doesn't know what is there. We are talking about your grandfather who says he doesn't believe in God. Your mother who is an atheist. Those are the people we are talking about. Go and reach out to them. Talk to them about the love of God. Talk to them about the salvation that Jesus brings. By thinking about others. Please, I'm begging you. Let this mind be in you as it was in Christ Jesus. Are you afraid of rejection? Let them reject you. Give them the... See, it is better that you are presenting the gospel and they reject you than you don't present it and they go and die. This week, we heard about the accidents that happened on the Kintampur and the Cape Coast. 80 people. When I heard the news, it hit me. I was like, hey, how many of these people are going to heaven? When the Ethiopian airline crashed, I was worried. How many people are going to heaven? Could it be? That all the 80 have missed heaven. Then what are we really doing? What are we really doing as a church? As Christians, what are we doing? We have, we have dressed up nicely and come to church. When we're coming to church, some, some of your friends are going to play football. Some are going to play Sunday special. Some are going to a mutual party. They are doing all kinds of things, but church, but God. And we have left them, oh, that is their choice. We are pulling them. We are snatching them from eternal damnation. Because when you get there, there is no second chance. You see that story of the rich man. Water, drop of water cry, you won't get. So you yourself, you need to make sure that you are secure. After you are secure, you snatch as many people as possible. As many people as possible. If they say you are disturbing them, you it's okay. I'd rather say that you are disturbing me than what you go to hell. Let us look for the interest of others. It's, it's, it's okay. It's enough, enough of the selfish Christianity. Uh, uh, we are not complaining about space. Our church is big. We will accommodate them. Heaven, heaven, heaven will not get full if you bring more people. So don't get worried about your place. It says bring others in. Bring others in. Bring others in. Bring others in. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than all these? He said, feed my lamb. Asked him three times. Do you love me? The point was for See, one of the things that we must begin to know is that God, I keep telling people, God doesn't leave things to our guesswork. He says that if you set up your bowels of compassion to those that have need, the love of God is not in you. This is not guesswork. You can't tell me you love God and the things that God... Some of you, you don't like football. The girls, you don't like football, but you have a crush on a boy. The boy supports Man you. All of a sudden, you two are a Man you fan. The guys, 
you, you, you like a girl, she likes some TV show. You, you don't watch TV. All of a sudden, you start following so that you can have a conversation. But we say we love God. And the, the thing that concerns God, we have crossed our arms. We don't care. When God looks down, he looks at the sacrifice of his son. Looks at the death of Jesus Christ. And we are watching God's sacrifice go in vain. No. Let's repent. Let's start to think about others. Let's start to think about others. Let's snap people from hell. Let's give people. We are asking you, baby steps. Let's share the tracks. Let's talk to people. Tell people Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Repent from your ways and turn to the Lord Jesus. That is all we are asking. You will not do the transformation. The transformation process is the Holy Spirit. It says, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Please, this morning, I'm pleading with you guys. Let us change our mind. Let us begin to think about others. Because there is going to be a judgment day one day. There is going to be a judgment day one day. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Young, old, rich, poor. When you die today, you will be carried. Your destination is different. The rich man was, was taken. Lazarus was carried. They ended up in different places. Where, where do you want to end up? Uh, see, I want to go to heaven, but I want Melchizedek to go with me. Because I, if, they'll be pointing fingers and say, hey, so you, you knew this way. Your friends will be pointing fingers. Lois, so you knew Jesus and you didn't tell me about it. You're a very wicked friend. Just do whatever it takes. See this young, the, the young lady said, every time I watch this video, I move to tears. That's a 17-year-old confident, told the guy, I will die a better death than you. Let's think about our family members. Let's think about our friends. Let's say, God, send us. We are ready. We'll go. Send us to the nations. Send us to our neighbors. Send us to our classrooms. Send us to our friends. We refuse to let them die in sin. Send us. We'll go. Amen. I want us to Close our eyes and bow down our heads. This morning you are here and you know you don't have a relationship with God. This heaven and hell business that we talk about is not something to take lightly. At the end of the day, it is those who have a relationship with God that will enter into heaven. This morning, if you are here and you know you do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know in your heart of heart that God doesn't know you and you don't know him. You have been coming to church doesn't mean you are saved. Your mother and your father have been coming to church are Christians doesn't mean you are saved. If you are here like this and you know you do not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus and you want to be saved, I want you to lift up your right hand with me.
If your hand is lifted, I want I humbly ask that you rise to your feet. This is a one-on-one -on -one decision. This is a decision that is going to affect our eternity. I want you to close your eyes and say this prayer from the depth of your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for your love and your sacrifice on Calvary's cross. I believe that you are the son of God who died for my sin and rose on the third day that I might have life. I receive your love. I receive eternal life. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Come and be master over my life, now and forevermore. Amen. Close your eyes. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Father, even if these ones have decided to surrender to you, we pray that you will give them grace to stay the path, to walk this journey. Father, I pray, oh God, like even as Paul met you on the road to Damascus and he immediately caught a glimpse of your love and a zeal for your word. Father, may you fill these ones with a glimpse of your love that they might catch a glimpse of heaven and go all out for you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. For those of you that stood up and those of you that prayed, I want you to see the gentleman waving in the corner there. His name is Alex. I want you to park whatever you came to church with. Don't leave it behind. I want you to see him. He'll have a nice chat with you. He'll take your details. And God bless you. This is the best decision you could ever make in your life. Amen. Operation ITCC. Operation ITCC. Amen. So last week, we said we are doing it baby steps, slow but sure. We are, we are taking more tracks. This last week, if you took 10, you take 20. Amen. If you took 20, you are taking 40. We are, we are increasing, uh, we are building momentum. Turn to your neighbor, say momentum. Turn to another person, say momentum. We, we are not going to let this train stop, right? So if you know you didn't share some, you are already owing. So today, on your way home, start in the trotro whilst you are walking. If you pass by KFC, drive through. As you are, you, know, you are giving the person money, then you add one tract. All means necessary. Amen. We are saying that, as a church, we are saying that we are ready. God, send us. And we are going to become a youth and a church. That think about it. When you watch the news and they say, I'm robbers, you say, hey, salvation. That's how you should be thinking. They said, prostitutes have invaded this place. That is a place you can go and do evangelism. It is a need. Amen. Amen. I want, I want the choir to come up as we take this song again. And we are taking the song as a declaration, as a prayer, as a song of surrender. We are saying that, Father, send us, we will go. Send us to the nations. The Bible says, how shall they hear except a man be sent to them? We are saying that, Father, we have surrendered as once that we will go. Send us to the nations. Send us to our neighbors. Send us to our friends. We are ready. We are willing. We will go. Amen.
Hello. As we are taking the song, please, as you send the Cornelius, uh, the baskets around for the Cornelius offering.
Hallelujah. Amen. Please, the first time is, please do not be in a hurry to go home after service. Kindly meet to my left on the first row and then your colleagues will come and interact with you. Also, those who uh, brought somebody to church today, Chrissy and Aaron, kindly see Auntie Gina at the back for something special, okay, for your efforts. Amen. 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 We are bringing our service to a close. Can we rise up on our feet? I want us to close our eyes and I want us to pray. Let the words of this song resonate in your heart. I want this to be your prayer throughout the week. You're saying to the Lord, Lord, here I am. Send me. Send me to the nations. Send me to my neighbors. Send me to my classmates. Send me to my friends. Send me everywhere, Lord. I want this to be your prayer this week. As we are departing, I'm saying, Lord, grant me the strength and grant me the grace to be able, oh God, to respond to this call in the mighty name of Jesus. We understand it is not easy, but we, as we said, the first step is the hardest. But once you can take the first step, the rest becomes a little bit easier. So we are praying to the Lord, God, grant me grace to take the first step. Help me overcome my fear in the name of Jesus. Next week, by this time, Lord, I can also bring somebody to church. I can also invite somebody and bring them to church. I can also win a soul in the name of Jesus. Here I am, Lord, send me in the name of Jesus. We give you glory, Father. We thank you so much for your word that has come to us. We present ourselves to you, Lord. We make ourselves available unto you. We ask that, Lord, you will use us for your glory. This week, guide and direct our paths, O Lord God. Grant us courage and boldness. Help us, O God, to overcome every fear and anything that hinders us. That we may go out, O God, and win souls into your kingdom. We may go out and speak to others about Jesus. We will not be wicked friends in the name of Jesus, but we will go out and reach out to the lost in the mighty name of Jesus. Next week, by this time, O Lord God, may you place a testimony on, on our lips, O Lord, that indeed we have also won a soul into the kingdom, and heaven rejoices because of us. We'll give you the glory and we'll give you the praise for an answered prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Shall we share the words of the grace?